haven't even started yet. I know. Okay. <laughs> All right. Very business-like intro. And now. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to Angel Talk, Reflections of an Ambitious Angel Mom. My name is Philip Kerrigan. I am the executor of... That sucked. All right. Try that again. <laughs> Okay. Oh, geez. I know. Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Angel Talk. This is our first full episode of 2021. My name is Philip Kerrigan. I am the executive director of Race for Rowan. I am joined by, as always, the ambitious angel mom herself. Say hello to the people, Bryn. Hello, everybody. It is good to be back. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. Um, it's pretty great to be back. Yeah. With guests, and we started off with a doozy. We, it's this is a two-parter already. We're already yes. hitting everybody at the beginning of the year with a two-parter. Yes. We sat down with a a couple, uh, Jeff and Tony Brabeck. And they are basically, um, they've turned their personal tragedy into really a really fun and incredible organization that helps a ton of people with services that are pretty rare. Yeah. Right? They have formed Our Little Sparrows, and they offer comfort and support and hope for families that have suffered miscarriages or get the diagnosis that their their child, you know, will not survive. That's right. Um and so they have shared their journey of three different tragic losses of two miscarriages and then one of their daughter, Olivia, who was born um, and last uh, was with them for five hours before mm-hmm. she passed. But mm-hmm. in their grief, um, they have turned um, the ashes into this beautiful yeah. creation of Our Little Sparrows where they yeah. um, specialize in uh, grief recovery and also birth and bereavement doula is um, yeah. Tony's profession. Yeah. She's a grief and bereavement doula. Yes. Which I'd never heard of, but the way I they talk about it. I've never heard of it either, but how yeah. cool. So she's there to just offer her um, expertise yeah. and comfort and support to other women that really need that throughout their pregnancy mm-hmm. and um, their birthing. So yeah. yeah. Their story is amazing. And um, it was really interesting getting to hear just the different layers of grief that they've yeah. experienced and how they've turned that tragedy into good. Yeah, really cool. I mean, we get those guests all the time. Yes. Who come on and 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 I mean, you're one of them. Well, thank <laughs> who you. Turn, who turn this very unspeakable, very heavy, very dark thing into something that ends up exponentially doing good for people. They're based out of Northern California, but they help folks. All over. All over the place. And actually, covid has brought unique challenges, but has also brought them unique opportunity. They actually even virtually are able to connect through their YouTube mm-hmm. uh, channel and the different uh, and the different services they can provide there. It's just a really cool and totally unique service. Yes. Yeah. So it was really neat. We sat down with Jeff and Tony, and the first episode, um, I would say, I'm mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but a really f- first episode that you'll hear right now is more us talking about their personal experience than it is the actual organization. We get more into yes. that in episode two. Yep. So you're going to hear um, Jeff and Tony's personal grief experiences, the layers of their grief and their loss, and really the beginning of their story and the beginning of their journey. So we hope that you like what you hear. Stay tuned for episode two, where we get into the good stuff of our little sparrows and what they offer today. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce to you Jeff and Tony Brabeck. Tony is a birth and bereavement doula. 
they're both grief recovery specialists and the founders of Our Little Sparrows. That is a mouthful. Did I get that all correct? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for coming on the podcast. We're really excited to have you. Yes, we are. Thank you for taking the time to be on Angel Talk. Thank you. Yeah. So you guys are based out of uh, Northern California, correct? Yeah, just outside of Sacramento, uh, city of Roseville. Awesome. So about 20 minutes north of Sacramento. Awesome. But you guys have uh, the services you provide, which we're going to get into in a few minutes. It's something you guys can provide to people all over the place. Is that right? Definitely. Awesome. Awesome. Well, one of the things we like to do when we have guests on to start is we have we love to have you guys tell your story of why we're even talking to you on the podcast to begin with and, mm-hmm. and, and how you got to your organization. So you have a really unique story in that you've experienced uh, loss in a number of different sort of spectrums. Can you uh, share, first of all, yeah. uh, the story of, the, of your angels and uh, share with folks a little bit about your loss? Absolutely. Well, thank you for having us. Um, Jeff and I um, were probably, we were four or five years into marriage and we were, um, wanted to start, you know, building our family and, you know, little did we know a lot of the challenges that can come with that. And early in 2013, we were pregnant for the first time and we got pregnant fairly easy too. So yeah. quickly. I mean, no, there was no like indication of anything. Yeah. Yeah. Anything yeah. That would out of, out of what we would know as normal. That there's anything wrong. Right. And so we got pregnant and as first time parents, you know, we were excited and also nervous mm-hmm. about, you know, the major change that's about to come. Mm-hmm. And for all, the first half of the pregnancy, everything seemed to be um, going quite normal. All of our test results were normal. Our ultrasounds were normal. So we did not anticipate anything of being, you know, in wrong at all. Mm-hmm. And so when we got to about the 20-week ultrasound, which is where they do the big scan, and there were some indications that something was not right, we right. Um, were sent to the specialist office, which is the perinatologist, mm-hmm. for further testing. We go to our specialist appointment thinking that, you know, we're just going to find out more about the baby and hopefully we can find out our baby's gender. Mm-hmm. Um, we did meet with a genetic counselor as well because we were also um, flagged for possible Down syndrome. Mm, right. Um, so we were just thinking we were going to talk about that. Yeah. And, um, and in fact, we met the geneticist in the, yeah. in the adjacent room mm-hmm. before going in to get a deeper ultrasound and see the perinatologist. Mm. So after oh, they're doing, you know, the scan and they're just, you know, taking tons of pictures and they're not really saying anything, obviously mm-hmm. it's the technician. Um, and so eventually the doctor comes in and tells us that, you know, um, it's actually uh, worse than Down syndrome, that as of right at that moment, um, they are not able to see either of the baby's kidneys, which wow. should be developed by then. Wow. Um, they thought that maybe there might be one, it's really small, but it's possible that that might be the adrenal gland. Um, it was hard to see because there's not a lot of amniotic fluid and that's because there's no kidneys. The kidneys produce the amniotic fluid. Oh, wow. Um, and so it was really hard for them to see. And they basically essentially said there's, they don't see kidneys right now. And there's very little amniotic fluid, which is essential 
for lung development of yeah. the baby. Right. And, um, and she gave us the terminology for it right away. Yeah. Um, so we were diagnosed with bilateral renal agenesis, which is no kidneys. Wow. Mm. And, and, it, and it leads to a subsequent like the lack of the Potter syndrome. Yeah, Potter syndrome. Potter which syndrome. Is basically okay. The, the effect of having no amniotic fluid and um, the lack of development of the lung. I guess her um, problem would be that she would not be able to breathe on her own. Mm. Oh my and gosh. so it was possible that we would have to put her on a ventilator yeah. and obviously not having kidneys that poses a, the bigger problem. Um, if she would even to survive that we'd have, eventually would have to have a kidney transplant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially our doctor gave her basically said, this is, it's a like 99.9% fatal. And I remember oh hearing her say fatal and it just did not register mm-hmm. to me. what. And I remember thinking as she's talking to us, you know, repeating the words in my head, fatal, fatal. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Does that mean our baby's going to die? Yeah, and she said that um, she said that if the baby were to survive delivery, mm-hmm. that it would be a matter of of moments, minutes um, oh before the baby would pass mm. away. So we had to face um, this decision that we did not anticipate to have to make. You know, yeah. well, right away she's asking, "Do you want to?" Who want to, to keep going or carrying the baby yeah. and so. hope for the best <laughs> or do you want to end the pregnancy, oh right. my goodness. Um, which would be um, early TM. induction yeah, termination yeah. or medical termination re- for TMR. medical reasons. And so <clears throat> we were shocked. We were, you know, just, you know, kind of numb. numb. I started falling right away and she keeps talking and I'm trying to trying to listen as much as I can, mm-hmm. but it really all just became a blur. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we left that appointment um, just feeling shocked. We didn't make any decisions at that point. We said, you know, to take some time and think about it. And, um, you know, we just went home and we just started grieving right away. Yeah, I'm um, sure. Oh, it's a very, it's like an out-of-body experience. It's like, mm-hmm. it's very surreal. Yeah. Like she was bawling and, and I'm just... Like what? What does a what does a partner say? Let alone a husband, you know, that's been in a you know a five year you know marriage, and we know each other so well. Um, but yet, this changes a lot. Yeah, right. It changes in a lot, sense. and I mean, in a moment. Mm-hmm. And I can't even imagine so. having to be <clears throat> told that you will have to make that decision to either terminate or continue. To go right. on with I your mean, pregnancy. I she was gentle about it, but it's it's a medical. It's yeah. very yeah. clinical coming. It, very, it was yeah. very clinical. Can I ask, yeah. is this a very common uh, occurrence to happen, or is this a pretty rare? No. Renal genesis, the, the bilateral. The condition itself, or to, to be asked whether to choose? Uh, no, the condition itself. Is this a very common? Oh, no. I think it's pretty rare, um, but it, there's different forms of Potter syndrome. I think mm-hmm. you probably hear more Potter syndrome more frequently than renal agenesis. Right. Um, Potter syndrome can occur just because maybe one or both of the kidneys um, is not functioning properly, so it's not um, producing enough amniotic fluid. Yeah. Um, so there's a, um, probably more of a community surrounding Potter syndrome, and there's just varying reasons as to why that occurs. Mm-hmm. Um, but for us, it was basically because she didn't have any of her mm-hmm. kidneys. Right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. 
So at least at that moment, I mean, they said, you know, we could, we could continue and just see if they, if, if something or if they do develop, sometimes they are late and, and it's not that they can see everything in a scan, you know, at 19 weeks, anyhow. Yeah. So, I mean, we had to go back, um, every other week basically for, um, follow-up ultrasounds just to make sure you know, that that's exactly what they were looking at or to see if there was any development or improvement, right. um, but there really wasn't. Um, and so we were just kind of preparing ourselves and, you know, to be asked the question, what do you want to do? Do you want to end the pregnancy early or do you want to continue to carry? That's such a shocking place to be. You're oh. not, no one really prepares you to be in that place, mm-hmm. especially you know, for us, we were wanting to build our family. And Mm -hmm. um, that was just not something that is talked about in the pregnancy books. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, um, it just, you're just kind of like, wow, I'm in this position and I have to choose whether our baby continues to live or, or dies. And um, in this case, we're looking at either way, our baby is going to die. And so um, just being you know, you know, and I was shocked that I actually was thinking about um, ending the pregnancy early myself. I don't think Jeff was even thinking that, but I had thoughts about it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that was like, how am I even in this place? Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And that I was even considering um, ending the pregnancy. But um, at the, I remember at the fault next one, then I was like, okay, no, we're going to continue caring. We're just going to see, um, we're just going to see how this plays out and we are um, believers in a God that can heal and Mm -hmm. that God um, is the great physician. And so we want to, to give him room to do that if that's what he chose. Yeah. And, but we also knew that, you know, it may not be what he has, you know, deemed for us and um, you know, may not intervene in the way that we want them to intervene. And so we yeah. also knew that we would need to be accepting of that, whatever, whatever the case was. And so um, we chose to continue. So we, you know, it was hard because you're carrying a baby. We're visibly pregnant. I have a baby yeah. belly. Yeah. Yeah, and you- most people that would look at me would just assume I'm pregnant and having a baby um, but they don't, they didn't know what was going on inside. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for the technology of ultrasounds and all the testing that we have now, I wouldn't have known otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt fine. I didn't feel like anything was wrong. Oh, wow. Physically, I felt okay. And the baby was still growing and moving. I definitely felt her moving um, a lot. Wow. And we did find out at that point that she was a girl. <laughs> and so, um, and so it just felt really sur- like surreal. Um, yeah. I said, how can this be? She, she's moving, she's growing. Yeah. I'm visibly getting bigger. Um, but how could, how's it possible that they know that my baby's going to die? So it yeah. just was like this reality of two worlds mm-hmm. right. of, you know, physically I'm showing one thing that I'm having a baby, but um, on the inside, we know that there's something wrong and most likely our baby's going to die. So it was such a hard time to balance the two. Yeah. Um, and there were definitely times where we just cried and Jeff and I would basically almost took turns, like just having those moments of grief 
and, you know, I'd be bawling and then, you know, a little bit later I would be okay. And then Jeff would have his turn. It's not like we planned that. That's just no. kind of how it happened. Yeah, it yeah. And so, you know, we had to just to kind of support each other out. and figure out. Without not knowing what to do. Yeah. And the struggle with that too is that there's just not a lot of information. There's not a lot of support mm-hmm. for pregnancy when you're given a fatal or a life diagnosis and there just does not seem to be a lot of information out there on how to walk through that. Yep. What are the appointments like? Right. You know, what yeah. do you do? Well, that was the thing is we, after that, after that appointment, we went to the front desk of the perinatologist, probably maybe the second or even third appointment of our every two week follow-up ultrasound after that. And we asked them for resources and they said, there are, we don't have any yeah. local yeah. resources for before loss. It's all after the loss. Is that what prompted and you guys? found out about sharing yeah. parents, which we can talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, Sacramento. Yeah. Is that, is that probably what prompted you guys to, to, to get into the work that you did? Oh, the, gee. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 We knew right away that, that we could make a difference with yeah. something that's not predominantly available in our society in general, let yeah. alone local. Yeah. Uh, right. Backyard. Absolutely. So it was, I think it was just even hard. It's like, what do you even search for on the internet? Like, right. I don't even know. <laughs> right. She was you, doing the internet how searching. Do the, how do you, what do you even search for? And so, I mean, eventually I looked at Potter's syndrome and things like that, and it kind of led me to, you know, various. A um, couple different groups and um, or different um, books and resources. And so it just wasn't a lot. I mean, there was, you know, I had a friend who had a miscarriage early and she pointed me towards a book mm-hmm. she thought would help. And eventually, as we started sharing our story with our family and close friends, um, it was actually a pastor who married Jeff and I right. um, who reached out to us and said, you know, what, we just want to walk with you. Um, they uh, had their um, a relative of theirs kind of go through something similar mm-hmm. um, within the last couple of years before us. And so they just kind of had seen them walk through that journey and yeah. then realized that we were going through something similar. And then they, they just wanted to be there with us. And so they, we met with the pastor weekly and he just prayed with us, gave us encouragement and support and him and his wife were able to, you know, eventually when we had our baby, met us at the hospital and right. were able to be with us that day. While she was still alive. Oh, wow. So, um, you know, it was amazing how, you know, we were able to find support um, through connections. Yes. Um, but in general, but there not was like, a lack not of... like peer support, right? Yes. Yeah. You yeah. know, when you meet with parents that have gone through loss, it's, it's a whole other level of, of, yeah. of intimacy uh, of conversation sure. in general that you could go to yep. uh, because they have familiarity. Yeah. Isn't it amazing so, though, that, um, you know, God can, can connect you with others that have been through similar situations in grief and um, yeah. really open those doors of comfort and support. And I think your story is so cool because instead of just, you know, stopping it there, you've continued to, mm-hmm give back and expand your way of giving and support. So I was going to ask um, what your daughter's name was and um, if you don't mind sharing how long she um, was with you. So (laughs) I think it wasn't long after we were diagnosed and we were at home and just kind of, I don't know, we were just processing. And so I remember sitting on the couch. For lack of a better word. Yeah. I was just trying to think of like, what would we name her? Because to me, I'm like, we need to name her. And she's thinking about this in silence, which is actually a 
<laughs> it's just her character. <laughs> and then I'm, in, I'm, I'm clueless. I'm more of an internal thinker. <laughs> yeah. And so I remember just going through names and I knew, I felt like I really wanted her, part of her name to be Hope mm. because I wanted her to, that her story was not ending in despair. Her story would be a message of hope. Oh, I love that. Um, so we named her Olivia Hope Raybeck. Mm, cool. So that became her her name, and um, definitely, right. Um, hope is something that we wanted to convey to others that knew us and that hear that hear our story. That you know, because our baby's life is short. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to. It was hard, and it's very, right. you know, we're obviously devastated, but it's it wasn't all that. There were moments of joy. There were moments of of hope and and laughter, even. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and even now, you know, years later, we've navigated the last seven years, seven plus years. You know, it hasn't all been that. It's all been um, negative. Um, it's been very positive and there's been a lot of growth and and um hopefulness coming from that so that was what we wanted her legacy to be that's beautiful no matter how long she was with us that is beautiful so So my wife so my wife and i had a miscarriage our very first uh we we struggled for for five or six years to get pregnant because my wife struggled to get pregnant we ended up having to go to the specialist, go through the whole thing. And uh, it, unlike unlike your guys' circumstance, ours was we found out we were pregnant. We are super excited. Within basically three or four weeks, he told us that we're seeing things. There's just no chance, basically, is what he said. Like you're going to yeah. eventually, he said, basically, it's going to feel like a very, very brutal period. Period. for her mm-hmm. right uh and i guess for me uh one of the th- one of the things that i personally felt a lot and i would be interested to hear what you guys say was exhaustion was the big thing i was mm-hmm. i didn't know what to say or do and all i noticed from her was physical and mental exhaustion in in fact yes. after the miscarriage happened she basically had to take a break for six or seven months for us oh, to yeah. try again yeah. um is that something right, yeah. is that something that you guys experienced and then when you talk to other folks is that maybe something that you see a lot is that sort of it's not just physical it's a mental exhaustion you tried really hard Mm -hmm. you're so excited and then it's this really supposed to be this cool moment it's like the best moment ever your whole life and then it's not there can you talk a little bit about that i think that's part of it i think i think the mental exhaustion is a result of the trauma the initial emotional trauma and then the brain trying to catch up with, yeah. with the, the broken heart yeah. and then the mental trauma or the mental exhaustion really set, sets in. Yes. So it's not the primary, it's more of a causation or, or a secondary uh, effect mm-hmm. of the, of the initial trauma of just finding out. Mm-hmm. And like I was saying earlier, um, it's that it's, it's the, it's the brain and the heart, you know, being opposed to each other. They can't, they don't talk, um, they're, they're at odds with each other yeah. and the, the brain can't rationalize. The more you try to rationalize, the more exhausted you get. Yeah. 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 How long did you have Olivia for uh, in your life? Um, Five hours roughly. Yeah. So she was born. We, I went into labor at about 33 weeks. Right. Um, and so she was born 
which is kind of a cool, I'm sorry, yeah. which is kind of a cool story because I was working downtown at the time and um, I was taking light rail at that time. So I had already commuted down to the light rail, but I realized that I forgot my office keys uh, to my office, uh, which I often keep separate from my, my car keys because I have just a bunch of keys and it's just a pain. So then I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I got to turn around and go back. So I turn around uh, and I go back home, which is, you know, 20 minutes or 25 minutes back to Roseville um, from where I was at. And I get, as I'm pulling up to the, uh, down our street, Zoni's on the driveway. She had called the advice nurse. She was having contractions and they told her she needed to get to the hospital right away. So before she had been able to get on the phone and call me, she was getting ready to leave as I pulled oh, wow. up. Wow. And it was just... That was God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, that's amazing. Divine timing. She, needed me. she didn't, I didn't want her to drive yeah. to the hospital. On yeah. Her own. Amazing. And that's divine timing right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we went to the hospital and I'm actually even thinking they're just going to send me back home because I didn't really feel the contractions. They kind of subsided for a little bit. Mm. Um, so we get into the hospital, we go to labor and delivery and they, you know, hook me all up. And my OB happened to be at the hospital that morning with another patient. And so she found out that I was there and decided to check on me. And, um, this is in Roseville. We went to the local hospital at at the time. And so she checked me. And, um, so we find out that I was actually dilated. And so, Mm. She said, you're having your baby today. And we we're just like, oh. wow. Um, so we're like, okay. So we, you know, obviously we're making Heartbeat, calls everything. to every, yeah. you know, so, everyone and trying yeah. to make, you know, sure what we're going to do. And so we decided that we would actually get transferred to downtown Sacramento, just because we just did Nick, not yeah. know the full extent yeah. of, of the baby's condition. Um, we wanted to be. And they had high risk uh, high uh, risk. you yeah. uh, doctors yeah. available in Sacramento that so, weren't available in Roseville. So we transferred there and, um, you know, the next morning. Um, Via ambulance. They wouldn't yeah. let you get back in the car. No, she I, was I too far dilated. I took oh, go the ambulance. Wow. Um, so, yeah. so that's a whole other thing. Was, yeah. All these guys come in <laughs> yeah. to transport you. Yeah. Three but guys in an ambulance. Was, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so we get there and obviously I'm going through labor and. Um, by morning, you know, I remember waking up in the middle of the night. It was probably about four or five in the morning. It was still quite dark and, um, everything was silent and I was on epidural just so you know, so I wasn't like feeling contractions and I was actually quite sleepy because I had to have Benadryl because I broke out in like a huge rash. And so I was sleeping. Um, and then I woke up and I'm just thinking, you know, oh gosh, you know, our baby's going to come today. And... Um, I look up at the ceiling and there's this shadow of a bird. Um, oh. It looks like a bird sitting on a branch. And wow. I've had this whole connection to the sparrow. Oh, um, I love this. During our pregnancy. Ever since early on in yeah, the pregnancy. Since, and, and just, you know, oh. I saw the shadow and I'm like, oh, that looks like a sparrow or a bird. And I just felt, you know, this piece kind of come over and saying, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a little while later, Jeff woke yeah, up. I'm sleeping on the couch. <laughs> and he, um, I, I said to him, he said, hey, look up there. And I said, what does that look like to you? He goes like, huh, that looks like a bird. I'm like, okay, so it's not just me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. It turned out to be the shadow uh, of uh, her IV. IV bag. Oh, wow. With the two yeah. bags. Yeah. Yeah. And you could, the wings were there and you could see the head. 
Yeah. It uh, it's very bizarre, but yeah. yeah, we got pictures of it, which is crazy. Yeah, and it, you can see it in the pictures. At least we can. Right. And know? so we're like, okay. In other people's states. To me, that was a sign. Oh, know? for like, sure. You know, she's coming. It's going to be okay. Um, not that, you know, she would be miraculously healed. No. We just knew that, you know, we, this is out of our hands. And we don't Things need to, gonna, to yeah. try to be in control. Yeah. Right. So it's probably about seven o'clock or maybe closer to eight o'clock. I was fully dilated. Um, so they brought me down. And so um, she came out real easy. <laughs> she was three pounds yeah. and like half an ounce. One little squeak. One little squeak from her. Mm. And because she didn't have the development of her lungs, mm. she couldn't cry. Oh. Um, so they, um, so they, the NICU team basically came right, right. in and just so that they could well, ass that, assess and then right. also intubate her. Um, yeah, it was really, it was actually really neat because I, it turns out that downtown Sacramento, um, at the hospital, they had established a, a child life team already mm -hmm. for children with certain diseases, you know, cancer yeah. and so on and so forth, but they also work. They also come up to the NICU when needed, um, and they work with parents that are going to lose their baby. Mm. Um, and for parents well, that are nice. having to admit their kids to the NICU, and they have no idea how long that stays going to be, right? right. Yeah. They also walk alongside them. So they're yeah. they're multi-discipline, right? They're yeah. doing multiple things um, in the hospital. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, what was really neat is that, is that as soon as she, she popped out super easy, only being three pounds, um, it was super quick. She only had to push like barely once. Wow. My body. Different recollections here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like how I like how us guys go. Yeah. Once, you know, kind of, kind of thing. Yeah. But anyhow, so they what I was what I'm getting to is they they treated me normal. Uh, they let me snip her umbilical cord. Mm. They said, "Dad, do you want to cut her umbilical cord?" And then they had they had the NICU crash cart not in the room, but they had the crash cart outside the room. And uh, they, they as soon as as soon as I snipped her, they they ran her outside to the crash cart, and they said, "Dad, come come with us." So I had to run after them and go through the doors. And as soon as we get outside of the room, uh, I don't know if they did it so Tony couldn't hear, but they asked, "Do you want us to um, keep her alive? Do you want us to intubate so that she can breathe?" Because she can't breathe on her own. And I said yes. It was like it's it's like I would I wouldn't I can't med and say no. Mm -hmm. You know? So then they got her in the crash cart and they and, um yeah, I, I I went I went with them and Tony and I were separated right away because I went up to the NICU with with the with the team. Um Mm -hmm. to be with Olivia and a lot of this too is like we had no idea what was going to happen they don't tell you they, there's right. no tour of the hospital <laughs> I mean this is was, what to expect yeah this is all stuff that now we know now we understand how this is going to work but right. like when you're kind of, you know in this situation you just have no idea like what's going to happen or how to plan um so we literally were just kind of making this as we went yeah there's so no like, mental preparation there was right? a lot of questions mm -hmm. that were asked of us and we're like oh we, <laughs> we have no idea and so i mean a lot of it is just um you know we just had no idea and so going into it so i we didn't even plan like they're like a b questions yeah. there is no yeah. c there is no d yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. do we do this or we do or do we not yeah right. do we yeah. keep her alive and or so do we, we let just, her go yeah 
I mean, we didn't anticipate that we would be separated, Jeff and I. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad that, yes, he went with Olivia and the nurse obviously stayed with me. And eventually we were, you know, brought together. So after Olivia was born and they were able to somewhat stabilize her, but they basically said, we, there's not much more that we can do. They ran some further testing and said that, you know, her toxicity and her blood is too high. There's, there's not a lot of time. And keeping yeah. her lungs inflated is, so is very difficult because they, they brought, end up poking holes in the, in the sack. Yeah. So they um, brought us into the area where she was. And so, Jeff and I, and then we had a few extended family members. And our nurse, our um, our nurse Suzanne, amazing, yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. Our medical team is really amazing, just walking us through all of that. Um, but yeah, so essentially they brought us to the NICU where she yeah. was, and so we got to see her. She's on a little bed, but she's hooked up to tons of wires and everything, right. and we just got to see her. And um, eventually, said, you know, we're going to bring you to a separate room, right? And this so, is all happening on our on our wedding anniversary. Yeah, oh my gosh! Anniversary. Yeah, yeah. Wow! So she was born on October fifth, twenty thirteen. Wow! Our fifth anniversary. Yeah. Wow. Which is awesome. Really, yeah. that's how we. I was like, it. we can plan that, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, but so eventually, we were all brought to this separate room, um, and they brought her in with with. It was like a parade. I remember seeing them kind of come in. It was almost like All these like machines a, and wires. Like a, yeah, like, she's hooked up to the wire. It was a team effort. The one nurse held her, and then like three or four other team members were rolling in the machines, and um, it was very slow. And so eventually, you know, we got to hold her and then spend some time with her, and our pastor and his wife were with us, and um, just spent some time in prayer and just, mm-hmm. you know, um, scripture reading. How important was that time? Because this is a very, I mean, this is a very sort of a very pro-life oh, man. thing to do. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of people might have chosen the alternative and just not, and chose not to go through these feelings and not to go through these things. But well, I mean, especially when they think if I, if I can just preg- get pregnant again, I don't have to think about yeah, it. But, yeah. And that's but, another discussion. But that's, yeah. That's but very, for me, the, yeah. the, the ins- yeah, the inspirational part is the fact that you chose to, to go through this, how important was it to have those few hours with Olivia, to have that connection, to have everybody around? It must have been like an incredible moment of catharsis mixed with, you know, sort of these sort of incredible feelings. Can you talk a little Joy bit about that? Joy and grief. Yeah. I'm sure it was such a bittersweet yeah. moment. Yeah. Absolutely. It was, I mean, we couldn't have asked. We had no idea how things were going to plan out, but mm-hmm. it went the time we got to spend with her was very special. And, um, you know, we got to hold her. We got to see if she opened her eyes. Right. Wow. Um, and we got to just be with her, it, even in her in her last moments. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, she was, on the outside, you wouldn't have known she was damaged on wow. the inside. Yeah. She was, she was perfect from head to toe. I mean, she had, she minor had one minor thing that I saw with one of her legs being kind of twisted. But that's, you know, that's... That's not the point. The point yeah. is that she was she was broken internally. Yeah. You know? And it just, I mean, just for us to be able to hold her as her parents, this is our first baby. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, just to spend that time with her. And it was, um, yeah. you know, the the hospital staff and the NICU life, um, the child life, child life team, Amazing. they just created such a sweet environment for us 
even though it was sad, but it was very special that we were able to have that time. Yeah. It seems her. like and a gift. A lot of, right. It is. And even during the time leading up to her delivery, um, we had moments where we were like, you know what, we need to take advantage of this time with her because mm-hmm. we didn't know how much time we were going right. to have left. And, and, I want, you know, it, it was very special. We took special day trips, right. you know, to places that we loved. And then we took our maternity photos. Right. And, yeah. and ironically, you know, we took the maternity photos and then the next week we went into labor. Right. So, and we wow. didn't know that ahead of time. So I think week 29 was our last ultrasound and the doctor said from, it's fairly definitive. So mm. we, we knew from that point forward, uh, the next thing that was going to happen whenever it was, whenever Olivia decided to come was yeah. that she was, she was going to be born. So mm-hmm. we were kind of like, let's, we were just waiting and seeing at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we even, I mean, we just, we lost interest in certain things too. We lost interest in our normal, you know, entertainment. We lost interest in, you know, favorite radio shows in the morning commuting to work. I just had the radio off. Uh, wow. TV was really not an interest to us. Yeah. Movies, yeah. anything. So what was really neat was to come home from work because I eventually went back to work even after being diagnosed. I, I had some time off. Um, was just coming home and kind of ritualistically, uh, our new ritual at that time was to just come home eat dinner, get ready for the evening and just sit on the couch and just be together yeah. in not absolute silence, but you know, whatever we wanted to talk about, talk about, we could talk about. And then eventually Olivia got so big in, in Tone's bell that, belly that as she was turning and, and popping, you know, we got to, we got to be with her intimately. Like you could feel her, yeah. you could feel her head, you could feel her, her, her body mm. yeah. and she was her moving and, in Tony's belly and, and so we spent time as a family of course I've definitely found um yeah I've definitely found for myself personally and for pretty much any parent that I've talked to that's you know been in grief your situation's a little different because you were grieving even when she was still with you I think your oh, grieving yeah. process yeah. starts yeah. but I think your um, interests and your and your values do change because um, you view life a little different, you know. And I oh, think oh yeah, priorities, right? Yeah, your priorities change, your thought process change. Um, I can relate to that a lot. Um, I want to touch on you've shared with me that you have um, a few layers in your grief, um, not only Olivia. Um, can you guys share a little bit about the different? layers of grief that you guys have experienced? Um, a year later on Olivia's first birthday, um, my mom actually passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, on our fifth wedding anniversary on Olivia's first birthday anniversary. Oh, her wow. Mom's now, it's now her mom's anniversary yeah. of her mom's death as well. Oh, Holy my goodness. So, um, yeah. yeah, my mom had a heart attack. and uh, Three days prior. Uh, yeah, three or four days, three or four prior, days prior, and she had surgery. And everyone thought she was going to recover. And um, I'm actually, my I'm Canadian, so my family's in Canada. And um, so I was, you know, anticipating that I would go home after my mom got home from the hospital. At the same time that this is happening, we're preparing for yeah. Olivia's first anniversary. Birthday, birthday yeah. And so um, early in the morning on October 5th, 
um, my phone was ringing and it's my sister. And um, one of her three sisters. Yeah. And my sister said, you know, Tony, um, mom died. Oh my goodness. And, um, she's anyways. So we have that layer of grief as well. And in a way it was almost kind of peaceful because it was, it gave me a little bit of peace knowing that my mom was now with well, your mom Olivia. even shared a little story like I she love was having that. dreams about seeing Olivia in yeah. a field and that oh. she was reaching for Olivia in a yeah. field. So in some ways I feel like my mom is, is connected with well, Olivia. With and, oh for sure. And my mom was like one of my go to people um that was really supportive of us while yeah. we were pregnant with Olivia. And so we have that layer of grief as well. And so it's just, you know, it was obviously a very another difficult year. Um, a little while later, Jeff and I decided, you know, we were going to start trying again and we waited a while because I just, you know, just physically didn't feel well enough. And then to obviously a lot of the grief and emotional mental stress. So, um, but we were just going to try. And so we were pregnant in December, December, two months later. Yeah. Yeah. December of 2014. So my mom passed away in October, 2014. And then we were pregnant a couple months later and we had just found out and of course we're excited again and hopeful. And before we even get to our first doctor's appointment, I started to, to bleed. And so, um, this one had, it was our, it happened fairly quickly in a matter of a couple of days. Oh, um, wow. I, mm-hmm. I completely miscarried. And it was the one day of before things. our OB appointment. Yeah, it was, you know, we had the OB appointment scheduled on the Monday and it happened on basically on the Sunday. Yeah. And um, it was one of those things. It's like, you know, you go to the appointment and they do the ultrasound and, you know, they're like, there's nothing there. Oh, wow. So it's like. You know, obviously they see evidence that there's still some tissue and, and um, yeah. stuff in the uterus, but the, the baby isn't there anymore. Mm. Um, and we're like, we didn't even get to see this baby, you know, mm-hmm. it was like, but I know we were pregnant. I know that, you know, my body was changing, changing. Yeah. and in such a short time, we lost the baby. And um, so that was just, you know, I, I don't even really know what to say. It was such a another letdown yeah uh, another disappointment and so you're like how much um, more i mean like how much more can one person endure yeah Yeah. right yeah and so the next and and it took me a long time to recover physically too from that Mm -hmm. i don't think we realized right because you didn't do the dnc i didn't do the dnc we just let it happen naturally and so um i think when that happens we don't really think that it can take weeks sometimes even months oh wow um, to where you can physically right. you know even try again or have get back to oh. your regular period um and it was just such a hard time because it was such a constant reminder that it's not where i wanted to be this is mm-hmm. not where yeah. where we what we wanted and so it was really a struggle it was really isolating and yeah. um have to go right. through that and i think at some some point i was my doctor said I was okay. And then I, you know, and in the spring we ended up getting pregnant again. And this time is with our son. Yeah. Yeah. Five-year-old. So, um, you know, and with that, it was like, yeah, we were pregnant, but we, it was so, right. you know, so much stressful mixed with emotion. Um, just with like, yeah, we're excited and hopeful, but at the same but time, what I was yeah. as, you know, you're trying not to overanalyze every little change and right. cramp. 
but you know at that point just, at that point the temptation to make a doctor's appointment every time you like sneeze would be oh, yeah. it's really oh, we hard in, to like we were in the trauma unit yeah, yeah right yeah. yeah i like when we got further in the pregnancy i was like um, i need to <laughs> i was like something's happening it doesn't feel right i took we were in the hospital like three times i think in the third trimester just because i was very like over analyzing everything and yeah. just worried so yeah. thankfully you know it was okay. Um, we took some extra precautions and things like that, but, um, but you know, our son thankfully is here and he's mm. now five. That's awesome. And your rainbow baby. It's, yeah. Yes. And, and he's such a joy. And yeah. I think a lot of people think that we got this too from family and friends that's like, Oh, you know, now that you have your son, you must be so happy. I'm like, well, yes, but that doesn't erase your grief like for the others to replace. Yeah, yeah. Like the ones we lost and, and it was such an eye-opening experience to, to, to try and share with people that, you know, yes, we love being James's mom and dad. We're so glad he's here, but it does not take away our grief mm-hmm. of the other two babies we lost, even though the second one was like only maybe six and a half weeks, close to seven weeks along. And um, it was, it it just opens up you know our eyes is like that even the loss at early you know early miscarriage yep. is very significant and very traumatizing yeah and um just you know if you have another baby that does not erase all of that right and so yeah so um yeah and then after we had james we're like okay so we wanted to try again after that um so in 2018 we got pregnant again and um, that one, we did get to see the baby. We went to the first appointment and had an ultrasound, and we saw the baby with a little heartbeat. So we are excited again and hopeful. Yeah, and I'm there taking pictures and video yeah. of the ultrasound, even though there's signs that say no video recording. <laughs> oh. No, but you do. Oh, oh dog. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> or cat. These things happen. Yeah. Just not on the, on the wire, that's all. Anyways, I think we're good now. Okay. So, um, anyway, so not even like a week or so later, I started noticing spotting again and, you know, then I'm brought right back to the first miscarriage and I'm immediately thinking, you know, we're losing this one too. And sure enough, yeah, um, we lost the baby. And, um, so that is like, okay, now what, you know, it's just another, are we going to be able to have the family that, you know, we wanted? Am I, right. Are we going to be able to have a sibling for James to grow up with? So all these questions are starting mm-hmm. to come up from that. And Jeff and I, we're like, you know, we're not young. We're older. And um, <laughs> and so we're like, is this going to happen for us? And so I struggled a lot with that question and trying to be accepting of, you know, maybe this isn't going to happen. Maybe we are going to just have a one kid family. Yeah. Right. And, um, and so it's been what now he's five yeah. and, yeah. and we are now pregnant again. Wow. Currently wow. Yeah. Weeks. Wow. And so, but I mean, even, even before all that, it, before this, um, just a few months after we miscarried, um, my dad passed away in June of that oh same goodness. year. Mm-hmm. So again, that, that puts like a pause or a hold on us being able to even think about, mm-hmm. you know, our yeah. family 
because all this, all these traumatic things are, are happening. Yeah. yeah that's a lot of, of loss to go through for yeah. both of you guys. For real. Yeah. 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 Praise, praise the Lord. Um, that, that he's there with us to, to pull us through the storm. Right. Um, you know, cause it's, you know, we live in a fallen world. Yeah. So, so you have the, yeah, the blessing so it, of another just, uh, uh, baby on the way. And you said you're 17 yeah. weeks pregnant. 17 and counting. And yeah. And, you know, we're excited, hopeful. And I'll be honest, the first trimester, I was really scared. Oh, I can imagine. I still am scared, you know, because I'm thinking every time I see something that's off, you uh-huh. know, my mind immediately goes to almost goes there. This baby yes. Of course. And so emotionally, it's such a roller coaster. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, I see something off something's wrong or and then a couple of days later i'm like okay things are okay yeah well, you, you were even spotting i was even spotting yeah for a little bit and for quite a few weeks and you know now i have gestational diabetes which is like okay so yeah. something else you know jeez kind of like yeah on your toes. and mm-hmm. um it's yeah, it's a lot, and emotionally and mentally, it's like we're talking right. about fatigue before. It's it's exhausting. Yeah, you guys aren't and, getting handed um, any easy cards in this deck. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. No. So, but, and our careers have changed too. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, and that's kind of a, a another. A it's an effect yeah. of right. Yeah. There's all these right. secondary losses. Yeah. You think of when you when you think of people that have lost a parent, who have lost a child, who have lost a sibling. Um, you just think of that one loss, but you don't think of the compounding subsequent or tertiary, right? Secondary, tertiary, it goes on and on that affects your life as a whole. So, and it's not just the parents that lose, right? It's the grandparents, it's the aunts, it's the uncles. And and the funny thing is that at the end of the day, it's really up to us to tell others, whether it's a relative or, or, or not, to, to let others know how we want to remember our, our child because yeah. they're in the dark, mm-hmm. whether they try or they just stay silent, they're in the dark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, and there's a lot of responsibility put back on yeah. the parents. Yeah. So you have, so James is five now. Um, yeah. And he's named after my dad. Awesome. I asked, awesome. Tony, I asked Tony early on, I asked her if we can name him. Like we, my dad had Parkinson's. Yeah. We had no idea he was going to go downhill. Yeah. That happened way after. Yeah. Um, years, right? Yeah. Years after. James was, how old was, my dad's been gone for two years. This yeah. June will be three years. Oh, so wow. Jay had already been born. Jay was already got to spend time with my dad. That's awesome. All, all that stuff was, was such a huge blessing. And so I just asked Tony, I go, do you mind? Because we were struggling with the name to begin with. Yeah. I'm like, do you mind? <laughs> after my dad. Yeah, and my dad was thrilled when we told them. We told we waited till we were at the hospital, oh, and cool. we shared with my mom and dad. Do you want so to know his cool. name? <laughs> like, That's awesome. No. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> how, Before he was even born, but anyhow. How much do you share with James about? Oh, geez. What you've experienced and. That's an excellent question. Yeah, for a lot of folks, how how do you go about talking to him about those things? Yeah. yeah. Well, we were very open with him from the very beginning, even when he was a little baby, before, before he could even talk. really understand. <laughs> um, we were talking to him about his big sister, you know, showing him pictures. Yeah. Um, we had a bear made um, with Olivia's heartbeats. Um, awesome. It from Bear. And so we shared, obviously, that with him. And um, so he knew from pictures that, you know, he's like, this is sister. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so we talk about her quite frequently and we take him with us when we go to um, our memorial events with Mm -hmm. our local support group, sharing parents. And so, and so he's very familiar with um, who Olivia is and that she's not with us Mm -hmm. and that we believe she's in heaven. And so we have definitely a lot of conversations. and And of course, early on, he would always say baby sister. And now he, at, you know, just right. a huge leap of, of yeah. growth from age four and five. Mm-hmm. He knows now that it's his older sister. She yeah. just died when she was a baby. A baby, yeah. So we've, you know, started out with just, you know, obviously Basic what steps. you can understand and just saying, you know, this is your sister yeah. and she, she died. And we are okay with saying our baby died. Right. Um, we're, we want him to know that death is a part of life. And yeah. we don't want him to be afraid of it's it. It's an ending. And right. that it's going to happen right. to our loved ones. And yeah. so, Because I think people get, uh, they get too soft with it. And they say, we lost our baby. Well, can you go find her? Yeah. Uh, she went to, yeah. she went to go be with God in heaven. Okay. I'll go too. I'll go to heaven. Too it's like, no, <laughs> no. Yeah. Wait a sec, rewind. Yeah. And when you yeah. have a kid, you learn, you learn to be direct. Yeah, because then they tell their friends, "Oh, my baby sister's in heaven. I'm gonna go there tomorrow." It's like, yeah. no, <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> no, we we got to no. talk about that again. <laughs> the whole very um, almost factual yeah. statements. Yeah. Those are expensive tickets. processing this. So right. Um, yeah. So we're very open. He knows um, who she is, and it helped being a part of a support group. Um, and granted, yeah. we didn't do it right away. We were hemming and hawing for probably three or four months after losing Olivia. Mm-hmm. We didn't do anything. And that's kind of another discussion. Father's Day came by. Mother's Day came by. Well, first really the hard days. We lost her in October. Yeah. You got November yeah. and December. And we just basically checked out. Yeah. And even yeah. up to Father's Day, yeah. I was like, I don't want to go to church and, and, and the pastor says all dads stand to be recognized. It's like, I don't, yeah. don't want to go there. Yeah. 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 No, it's a trigger it's for sure. Different. And it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are uh, hard days and hard months. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, Jay knows Jay's, Jay's in the loop. <laughs> it was <laughs> That's very really... cute. Her dad, her dad came to visit because she's, they still live primarily in Canada and he goes to the Philippines for four to eight months out of the year. But anyhow, he came to visit, I think it was last year and Jay was already expressing this is my this is my sister and she died and she went to heaven and I had not they talk a lot when she puts him mm-hmm. to bed at night and there's a lot of conversations I don't I'm not a part of and she said he's already been talking like that because it, it took me I was like that's awesome but she he took her dad into his bedroom to show him his bedroom and he specifically pointed out Olivia's picture oh wow. and he said that's my big that's my sister my older sister she died she said heaven Oh, wow. 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 So amazing. Yeah. That was the first time. That's the first time I heard him express it so clearly. Mm-hmm. And to sure it was yeah. uh, with someone else, you know. I've noticed so that, that really kids amazing. are pretty observant and they pick up on probably more than we think they do. Um, yeah. And I think it's so cool um, that James can feel a connection with his sister. Um, uh, my son and my daughter that are here always talk about, uh, Rowan, their sister that's passed too. And I've always been open from the day, you know, day one with them as well. And 
I, I guess I find peace and comfort knowing that they feel a connection to their sister in heaven. And I do think it's right. so important for us as parents to, I guess, break that silence that has been, mm-hmm. you know, kind of how, I guess, past generations were mm-hmm. taught to handle these oh, things yeah. where you weren't allowed mm-hmm. to talk about child loss and, um, and death really in general. People kind of just, you know, put their you know armor on armor on and just kept going and um what really interests me in our little sparrows and your guys' story is just that you are also like like myself trying to break that stigma because we do need to talk about it and we do need to raise our kids to be able to i guess face the reality of these emotions you know it's pretty sad that our little children have to experience loss at such a young age um my son was four when his sister passed away and that's so foreign for anybody, an adult or a child to go through, but it's like, we have to prepare them for life ahead. You know, this isn't going to be their first loss, unfortunately, and we are all going to experience loss in some way, shape or form. So why not um, break that stigma of we cannot talk about it and prepare, prepare our kids. And um, I think it's really comforting and pretty special that you guys are doing that. All right, so that was the first part of our interview with uh, Jeff and Tony talking about more about their actual grief story, what they've experienced personally, the emotions that they went through. Mm -hmm. um, And we kind of teased out what we'll talk about next week, which is the founding of their organization, uh, them getting certified in in both being uh, grief recovery specialists and then her ultimate uh, birth and bereavement doula status that she achieves which really has helped a ton but very very um, emotional but really really lovely to hear about Olivia yeah I I honestly was intrigued because we've not really ever discussed miscarriages on Angel Talk before and this is you know obviously something that Race for Rowan doesn't specifically specialize in but we have assisted um, some cases with stillborns and Mm -hmm. really I was interested in our little sparrows because they're doing the same thing we are in a way of breaking that stigma of not being able to talk about our grief and our loss. So um, I really thought that was something that we should share. So I was so happy that she was willing to um, come on and talk about breaking that stigma down. Yeah, yeah. lots of people have experienced it. I mean, I say it in in the episode, my wife and I included, we experienced our own. Yeah, I didn't know that, Philip. Yeah, it was breaking news for you. breaking news, I didn't know. (laughs) Yeah, uh, that was... I mean, something we and and they talk about it right here. We don't we don't yeah. talk about it a lot. And I think that there is number one. It's just um, it was very relatively early in the pregnancy, so it's not near as emotionally like on the surface mm-hmm. as theirs is. But the other thing is, there's a little bit of a stigma there. You know, yeah. like they don't people don't really talk about it. But what's cool is they're trying to normalize yes. that grief of I'd love you're that. still going to feel. You know that loss. Yeah, you feel lost no, no matter what. Right, exactly. Yeah. So very awesome. You can uh, find more information on ourlittlesparrows.org, and they also have social media pages. So you can find them on Instagram, and you can also Google our little sparrows on YouTube, and yeah. they have their YouTube channel. So check them out. Great resources for you guys. And if anybody is needing their services, please contact them. 
great, great people. Yeah, amazing, amazing duo, great couple. They're doing some really awesome stuff. We will talk more about that awesome stuff that they're doing next week. They really get into it. They really talk about the services they provide and why they provide them. The other, yes. the other pieces, the inspiration behind it. Uh, so that is this week's episode. We want to thank everybody for tuning in. Welcome back. Yes. We're gonna we're gonna bring you more guests and more content just kind of mm-hmm. like this. So we're really excited. Uh, so make sure to tune into that. Uh, share this podcast with people that you know have lost somebody, and now maybe even share this particular podcast with someone who's gone through a miscarriage or or, or stillbirth or something like that. Because because they're not alone. Because they're not alone. So yeah. we want to thank everybody for tuning in, and we will talk to you next week. Bye.